Mic check. Mic check. This is Ruth Ann. This is Ruth Ann. I know. I know. You are Ruth Ann. You are Ruth Ann. <laughs> I am not a robot. <laughs> <laughs> Just check the boxes that say chimney. <laughs> chimney? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> it's either crosswalk, chimney, red lights, bicycles. All right. We're confusing everybody. <laughs> so today on Talk CDL, Ruth Ann, hmm. we've got Jake Breaks. We've got truck and part shortages. We've got a report that's actually saying truckers are causing more accidents than previously reported. Lies, lies. And of course, I've got a peculiar story. Uh Uh-oh. Plus the word of the day. Yeah. All right. But first, Talk CDL is brought to you by National Carriers. National Carriers is a trucking company out of the Dallas-Irving area. Their number is 888-311-7076. If you're just graduating from trucking school, pick up the phone and call these people. They have a a training course that's three weeks, and you are on the road running tractor-trailer. 888-311-7076. Ruthann, we're also brought to you by... Carter Lumber. Carter Lumber is a trucking company also that is looking to hire Class A and Class B truck drivers, and they have 160-plus locations east of the Mississippi. If you want to be home every day, go to carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL. That's carterlumber.com forward slash talk CDL and fill out their little five second form and they will try to get you in. Ruthann, we're also brought to you by DriveWise. DriveWise. Da-da. <laughs> Z-E, drivewise.com. Yes, DriveWise are the people that will, uh, it doesn't matter if you're a small company, if you're an owner-operator, if you want to have your own separate uh, app to be able to bypass the scales, DriveWise is the company for you. You don't need a a machine, a transponder, anything like that in your truck. All it is is an app. You download it, and you are bypassing the scales today. That's DriveWise, D-R-I-V-E-W-Y-Z-E.com. Come check them out today. Tell them Talk CDL sent you. Ruthann, story. story time. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell you what, a story? Yes. Well, you know, of course, we talk to people in trucking all week long, and we're all about trucking. And mm-hmm. so, peculiar, a, a trucker called me uh, this week. And, and you know of the trucker. You probably don't know who I'm talking about yet. But a trucker called me this week, and... He told me that uh, he is driving for this small company. And by the way, small companies have been popping up all over the place for the last couple of years. And this driver um, is driving for this company, and they don't give cash advance. The guy hasn't eaten since he left the road to, to go on the road this week. So he, he's actually out on the road for a day or two has no food money. He found out that they don't do cash advance. Um, His truck has got problems. There's a wheel seal going. His boss wants him to just keep going on the wheel seal. And on top of all that, he has almost no fuel left. And he's trying to get them to give him some fuel money. How can they not? Well, I, I don't... It's it's not that they can it's not that they can't it's just that what you have is cheap trucking companies 
Okay. There are some real chintzy, cheap trucking companies out there that are flying by the seat of their pants and they're hoping to make a profit. And what they do is they go out and they invest in a couple trucks, you know, and usually the trucks are older trucks. Okay. Not that older trucks are bad if they're maintained right, but usually the cheaper companies, they'll go out and they'll invest in a couple cheap chintzy trucks that they get a good deal on. And they'll, of course, the trucks aren't the best trucks. They don't know these trucks and they, and they try to hire a truck driver to go out and make them money. Well, they're, they barely have any cash flow. Um, and the driver is the one that pays the penalty for this. Well, yeah, I mean, there's lots of penalties that they end up getting on their PSP and other things when they don't have the tractor up, up for par for pers- um, inspections. And, and before we start talking about cheap trucking companies here, that's what I, I wanted to talk about a little bit, Ruthann. Um, but, but before we do that, I want everybody to know that, yes, in case you were wondering, we did send him some food money. <laughs> um, you know, just a couple bucks to be able to, you know, get some food at a, a, a fast food joint, whatever the case is, you know, because I absolutely would hate to see anybody go hungry. Um, not looking for a pat on the back or anything like that, but just in case I get a couple emails from you folks out there asking me if I actually helped the driver out. And the answer is yes, of course, Ruth Ann and I would never turn down helping someone out. Um, but moving on with this cheap trucking company, uh, topic here for a second, Ruth Ann, um, you know, some of the, some of you guys out there are, are working for company, what we call no name companies. And, you know, sometimes you just, you hear something, it sounds like a great deal and you just rush into it without asking the right questions before you go work for these companies. And so what, what I'd like to do is kind of give you a little list. If you're broke, and this is really what I want to talk about. If you're broke, going to work for a cheap trucking company, a penny pincher, <laughs> um, is probably not a good idea if you're looking to make money fast, especially if you're behind in your bills or you're hungry mm-hmm. or you have like really no cash at all. Working for one of these companies could be even a worse downfall for you. What do you think, Ruthann? I agree. You And when you said that, you have some questions. It's it's extremely important to ask the right questions. And the reason I say that is because so many people play on words. So when you don't ask the proper question, they'll find a loophole to be able to not answer you truthfully. I, I agree. And so you want direct answers. You know, if you're interviewing a trucking company and you're needing to go to work right away and you're broke, here's a couple of essential questions. Like, obviously, uh, with, with this last driver, do you, Mr. Trucking Company, do you give cash advance? Because you're going out on the road and you're going to be running his freight in his truck. Now, I understand some companies might think, well, you need to be more organized and have money to your name and blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is a lot of drivers don't, Ruthann. Especially when they're in the middle of changing jobs. Most company, most most drivers, if they're changing jobs, it's because they don't have enough money in their pocket and they have to go to a different company because they don't make enough every week to sustain themselves. So they don't have a stockpile of a few hundred dollars to transition between one company and another. And I was going to say that same thing. Maybe he's leaving the last company because it was another crappy company that wasn't paying correctly. So if you're in this situation and you're broke 
Ask the company before you work. Do you give cash advance? Here's another one, Ruthann. Do you pay every week? Yeah, extremely. You know, and, and, and do you, here's the other one. Do you hold back any, like mm-hmm. the first or second week of, of pay? Because many drivers have showed up at trucking companies only to find out that, oh yeah, you're a week in the hole before you start, or you're two weeks in the hole before you start. Well, I don't care how good the job sounds. If you haven't eaten in a day or so, um, and this company is a company that is going to hold back your money for the next couple of weeks, that, I would suggest not going to work for that company. I really would. Well, it makes it very difficult. I mean, that when you look at the transition and then if they hold, you're looking at not getting money for almost a month. And here's another thing. How do they pay? Are they direct deposit? Do they cut a check? Do they mail that check or do you have to pick it up in the, in the, in the terminal? Or do you have to get it on, on the com data? I mean, there's so many different ways that a driver, the companies can pay their driver and you've got to make sure you get the proper one because if you can't get into the, say you're out three, four weeks and you can only pick your check up, that's going to hold you back even longer. Here, here's something else, you know, um, do you have toll pass or drive wise? Like, uh, mm-hmm. do you, do you, or do you expect me, Mr. Trucking Company to pull money out of my pocket and then get reimbursed? Do I have to pay for tolls and then get reimbursed? Am I going to have to be paying for for lights and, and you know things that I need to pick up for the truck? Or are you going to be able to give me a T-check or a, a, you know, a, a, a comm check or something at a truck stop to pay for something that when, when the truck needs something? You know, you, these are questions that if, again, this is more for the guy that's broke going to another job you really need to know some of these things or you can get caught um, having to scrimp and scrape. Mm -hmm. No, it's true. I mean, things happen to tractors all the time, lights or um, just a little piece of a a clamp, anything at all that you know is, is detrimental for that tractor to keep running or serious fines or a problem where you can't see properly. You d- you just never know. And if you can't if you can't get a company to either pay for that up front then or at least pay for it when you're getting it by using their means, then you have to make sure that you have the proper way to do it because you don't want to get penalized by um, DOT for not having that light the way it's supposed to be. So you're going to have to fork it out and you need to make sure how you're going to get that money back to you. It's not your tractor. You don't, you shouldn't be paying for it. And that's a good point. If you're working for a cheap company, odds are you can get fines, you know, because they don't maintain their comp, their trucks. Right. Um, and again, I'm not saying that older trucks are bad. I'm not putting those companies down. I'm just talking about the companies that have trucks that are older and not maintained, that's usually a chintzy company, okay? Um, Ruthann, speaking of cheap companies, um, a, a trucking company actually had called me this week, and uh, they're actually out of Florida. And they asked me if I knew any recruiters that could um, help them find drivers. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the thing about it. Their trucks, again, and, and speaking of older trucks, they have... 2006s and up. So their trucks are like 15, 17 years old, some of them. Wow. Up to like 2016, 17, something like that. So they're, they're, they got a lot of older trucks or they have 22 trucks or 24 trucks, something like that. And they needed at least six drivers. That's 25%. That's actually more like 30% of your fleet that's empty. 
And I, I, I told him, well, here's, um, here's what you're, you're looking at as far as if you're looking to get drivers hired for you, um, here's a couple recruiters that could probably help you, but here's what they're charging. And he was like, Oh, I, I, we can't afford that. And I'm thinking, and I asked him, I said, so you're telling me you can afford to go out and get trucks, but you can't afford to, to put drivers in those trucks. <laughs> and the cost of the, the cost of, I think the one recruiter's fee was about the cost of a weekly paycheck for a driver. Okay. It was, it was uh, probably somewhere around $1,900, $2,100, something like that. Okay. And his, his react and he's, and he's paying, get this, he's paying, this company's paying 70 cents a mile, 1099. So a driver runs 3000 miles, it's $2,100. So that's why I said, I believe the cost of hiring a driver was about the cost of, of their one weekly pay. But the owner of this company said, oh, no, we, we're not willing to pay that kind of money to get a driver. And I said to him, I said, well, then you're, you're losing money. Just imagine if your truck's grossing, say, eight to $10,000 a week, right, in opportunity cost, you're paying a driver $2,100 a week out of that, out of that gross. And then on top of that, you know, your, all your stuff comes out. But his profit... His profit on say a nine thousand dollar week, his profits at, uh, at least two three thousand dollars. It's enough it to might, cover all that cost, so you're only out one week of getting all your extra money. Yeah, he's got a good profit, but he wasn't willing. This is what I'm getting at with cheap trucking companies. He wasn't willing to pay what it costs to hire a driver, and I don't think he. I think he's one of those companies that I've never heard of them before. I'm not saying their name, mm-hmm. but um, I think he's just another one of those guys that. Went and got a bunch of trucks, cheap trucks, mm-hmm. and thought he would form a trucking company and invested. But now he doesn't want to give up any money to fill the trucks. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. I don't. I don't. If you're gonna, if, if if you know that that truck running is a loss of money every single week because you're losing every week that your truck sits, every day your tractor sits, you're losing money. And you're that greedy that you can't give up one week. And, and even it probably isn't a full week. It's probably like more like five days of a profit to, to actually keep that truck running and pay the person to drive it and the expenses on it. It, it just doesn't compute in my mind, at least. Yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's, I, I understand the mindset of a new trucking company owner. They don't understand how it works when they get a truck. They don't understand the cost of keeping these trucks going, whether it comes to maintenance, tires, um, paying their drivers on time, paying their drivers right, and 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 finding a driver that's going to stay out. And the recruiting cost of finding these drivers is very expensive. You got Indeed and all these other media's that cost a lot of money to mm-hmm. buy to buy uh, to get truck drivers. Uh, applications to be able to interview these guys and they might spend thousands of dollars just through indeed and all these other places and, and not even get a driver. Yeah. So they turn around and they could hire one of these recruiters out there that would find them a driver. Okay. At their cost, mm-hmm. at the, the recruiters cost and just charge them a one-time fee. The, the, the company doesn't realize that 
that's a better deal because it's when they write out a check to that recruiter, they actually got a driver in their truck. Mm-hmm. And see, he couldn't calculate that. But what he really couldn't calculate, calculate the most, because he's a cheap company, he couldn't calculate that, well, if he lets that one truck sit for the next four weeks, if, if, if he's invoicing, say, nine, $10,000 a week per truck on freight, that's, that's, that's up to $40,000 in opportunity cost until um, you look at the net profit. He's probably looking at somewhere around, I don't know, in a month's time, I'm going to say maybe 10 grand per truck, you know, for himself. Mm-hmm. That's himself mm-hmm. since he's paying mileage. So I would say look at the money he's losing by not getting a, a, a recruiter in there to help him. And the bottom line with it is, right then, it's when you think cheap as a trucking company, Okay, the end result is the poor drivers end up getting crapped on. Mm-hmm. That's really what that's really what I wanted to talk about. It's the driver that suffers from a company that's cheap. Now, don't, I'm I'm not talking about the trucking companies that watch their money because there's some bad drivers that will take advantage of you. I understand that. Okay? That's not what I'm talking about. What I am talking about is the fact that um, when you're going to work for these companies, you need to ask the right questions if you are going to survive being broke from the time you get in their truck till the time you finally start seeing a paycheck, and hopefully they have the Band-Aid called Cash Advance for you to help you get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cash Advance is extremely important when it comes to driving because of having the money to to get some daily needs that you need, you know, your food, even your showers. You know, most showers you get free when you fuel up, but if you already fueled up and you, well, it's if you're the working, end of the day and you need a shower because of something, you want to be able to get a shower even if you don't need your fuel. You well, know? If you're working for a cheap trucking company that doesn't give you enough fuel to, to be able to get showers, then yeah, you're going to need money for showers. Absolutely. So they, they working for the cheap, the cheap trucking companies. And I hope this is a lesson to you companies out there that are chintzy. Okay, that are um, that won't help a driver out and give them cash advance that hold back people's money. And I'll tell you another I'll tell you another company, Ruthann, that's cheap. One that when you walk in the door as a company driver, and I've been hearing this lately, when you walk in the door and these companies say to you, we, we, we take out for escrow. If you're a company driver and they tell you that there's an escrow, run for the run for the doors. Yes. I'm going to tell you that right now. There is no such there is no way that they can take out escrow. That's not even legal, I don't think. I don't know. I never really looked into it, but as a company driver, there's no escrow that you need. All they're trying to do is cover their butt and if anything happens because of them being such a bad company and you leave, they're using that money. Well, some of them say because you might aban- if you abandon the truck, we're going to use that for, for picking up the truck. But the problem with when they take these escrows out, Ruthann, is in the end of the, at the end of the day, when the driver quits the job, they don't ca- get it back. Exactly. 99% of these companies that I know that do that with, with company escrows end up keeping their money. See, if, if I go into a company, okay, we're a company, you're, you're, you're Mr. Trucky Company, and I'm the driver. I come up in and say, hey, how you doing? Here for my first day of work. Come on in, lady. All righty. So. Are you married? Shut up. <laughs> Come on over here. Sit on my lap here. No, I'm, I'm getting away from trucking. Go ahead. What, say, what were you going to say now? You just totally creeped me out way too much. I'm not sure what I want to do. <laughs> well, you just came into my trucking company. 
No, tell me you have an escrow. I'm going to give you my response. Uh, yeah, little Philly, we take out an escrow. For what? For, um, because you're so cute. No, um, we, we take And I out- charge you, not you charge me. <laughs> no, but we do take out an escrow um, just in case you abandon the truck or da- if there's damages. So you're telling me you're that bad of a company that when I'm working for you, I'm going to just leave it wherever I want to go and, and, and leave your truck there because you're so bad that I'm not going to want to bring it back. I'm going to quit. Yeah, we are. We're pretty bad. Well, then I don't need to be working here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. See? If they're that bad that they're going to do an escrow and their excuse is because you abandon a truck, think, why would I abandon a truck? I abandon a truck if the company's that horrible that I can't trust anything about them. That's a, that, that's a sign. Don't go there. All right. Well, listen, you guys, you heard Don't us. Don't work for a creepy guy like, like that businessman. Like Troy's trucking. <laughs> creepy. <laughs> All right. You guys heard enough about cheap trucking companies. Um, you know what to do from here. If you're broke, honestly, I mean this sincerely. If you're broke, ask the right questions before you go in the door mm-hmm. because you could be broker. All right. Ruthann, let's move on. Can we move on? Yes. I'm just still stuck on the broker. I know. You were just sitting Your grammar is so horrible right now, but mine's no better. So I'm, we, not, I'm not a grammar guy. No. All right. Okay. So we are brought to you also by JJ Keller, the trucker secretary. 888 601 2017. Find out why they, Ruth Ann calls them the trucker's secretary. Uh, JJ Keller will watch all your paperwork, they'll file everything you need. If you need to get your DOT number, your authority number, JJ Keller is the one that can help you out in a flash. 888-601-2017. Ruth Ann, we're also brought to you by driving-test.org. And what's funny is I've actually gotten letters from uh, truck drivers this week telling me how they failed their their CDL test. One guy on backing, another one on, uh, uh, not backing rather, but one on, uh, 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 not hazmat, but one of the, uh, one of the, uh, general knowledge is they, they failed. But anyways, and I told every one of them, if you had driving dash tests.org for real, if, if you have that, it's what $49 a month. It's super cheap. When you look at the big expense of the actual testing that you're doing and they guarantee you, you'll pass or your money back. Ruthann, we are also brought to you by Load Smart. Load Smart, which is actually Camion's break even calculator today. And again, with the cost of fuel, which is insane, it just went up to record high again this week. If you have Camion, that's K A M I O N, Camion's break even calculator, they will it will actually show you how to keep all your your expenses to where it's supposed to be, save you money, help you cut costs, and you can go to camion.io forward slash TalkCDL, and it's a free download. That's camion, K-A-M-I-O-N dot I-O forward slash TalkCDL. Download that free uh, app today. And if you're a small company, a big company, give it to your drivers. I mean, just tell them about it. Let everybody download it and let everybody, you know, try to work their truck to where it's actually running more efficient. You should be grateful that if a driver wants to do that, go and get it. All right. So moving on, Ruthann, uh, interesting story that I, uh, seen this week, uh, New Jersey is, uh, once again, I, you know, it, New Jersey never surprises me. With, I remember when they banned big trucks on the little side roads and all the stuff like that when I was a driver. And, and here's a little town called Franklin. Um, Franklin, New Jersey is now 
banning Jake brakes. City leaders in Franklin, New Jersey voted to ban engine braking this week due to concerns about noise. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh. So, anyways, uh, it, the decision to ban Jake braking came after complaints from locals about the noise. According to reports, penalties for violating the ordinance are $150 for the first offense, $250 for the second offense, and $500 for anything after that. And uh, it says violators also could face up to 10 days in jail for their first offense. How crazy is that? So be careful in Franklin, New Jersey, drivers. I... I, I... I mean, is it hilly? I mean, I don't know. A lot of red lights to where drivers just wanting to not. I just don't understand people. You know what? Just do this. Driver, just go go through the light, bump them a little bit. And when they get furious, you say, you know what? If I had my Jake brake on, it probably would have slowed me down fast enough not to hit you since you pulled out in front of me. Well, I've actually been seeing pictures on the Internet. It's ironic in the last couple of weeks where... um, Truck drivers are coming into towns and and some have hit houses. And now we don't know, is it because it's a Jake Bake Jake Jake Brake band? We don't know that. But you know, the bottom line is there's a reason. If you have a if you live in a town where truckers use their Jake a lot, odds are, my guess is odds are there's like hills and um, they probably need those Jake brakes. It helps. I don't know if they actually understand what the purpose of a Jake break is. It's not just to make the nice, cool little grr sound. It's not. How's that sound again? Grr. All right. It's not the cool, you know, growl that the tractor is making. You know. Well, I mean, it could be. I'm sorry. I mean, there's some. I mean, some of us like the growl, but I'll admit it. When I had my motorcycle, when I was, I used to have a GSXR when I was younger, Mm -hmm. and I had baffles, Mm -hmm. and I would go through like. Areas where there's tall buildings on purpose and go, it's the sound. So it's like the, it's like a Jake, you know, it's a boy thing. Yeah. But what I'm saying is there is a, there's still a purpose for them. It's not just for fun. There's an actual purpose that was made for the Jake break on a tractor. And if these people realize what they are and why drivers use them, it may help them understand how important it is for them not to be banned. I don't. I don't know how else to put it. You know. No, I'm. I'm with you. Um, I want to get a glove and slap them in the face like the French. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything else. I mean, I'm gonna just. I'm gonna play both sides of the fence for just a second here. Um, Jakes are definitely needed, and if you're in, like I said, if you're in a town where Jakes are used a lot, my guess is, it's probably needed. Yeah. Okay, but on the other side of the coin. There are some drivers that will abuse that. Just It's just no different than when Walmart used to let us all park in their parking lot and then truck drivers were pissing and, and, and leaving oil-filled buckets in there. You know, people, would ch- they change oil in Walmart parking lot. So they abused the privilege. Mm-hmm. And what happened was Walmart banned most, most semi-trucks and now they get towed. Right. It's no different than the Jake rule. Yes, we have... We have um, uh, Lots of towns where and areas where you really should be using your Jake, but there's also I've seen drivers where they're on the level using their Jake brake. So you don't need to be jaking on the level in in towns, especially where people are sleeping. Um, if it's not necessary, now if it's necessary, I say do it. But just going back to what I was saying, there re- there's a reason why, and and I don't know if Franklin 
if if they were abusing it or if it's an area where, hey, we need to use our Jake, and now they might start seeing trouble. So who knows? We'll find out in the future. I, I, um, I'm curious if the same company was, you know how like, in, or not company, but towns, you know how some of them ban sirens? Like the ambulance and the fire to come, you know, like they ban sirens during some certain times of the day. I, I, I'll be honest, I never heard that before. Yeah, like some 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 towns, if you're in an ambulance and you're coming through town, they feel as though like between, I want to say it's like two and six or, or like those hours where there's no traffic that you don't need to use your siren. You could just, your lights are good enough. Well, they didn't do that here. <laughs> no, no, not, not here where I'm at, but I don't know about you you know, Franklin, Jersey, I'm just saying there, the, there's some literally towns where they don't allow even sirens at night. Yeah. No. And I mean, I, it doesn't make sense to me why they would do that, but it makes sense to me that they would do that, you know, again, because of the hours. So I, I can understand what you're saying. And, and so you're saying you're wondering if Franklin also banned sirens. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. curious if you're going to ban Jake, Jake breaks, are you also banning the, sirens off of the police or ambulances or fire companies, any of those things that would be going on between like 12 and five or something to that effect. Hmm. Be interesting to look that up. So are we ready to move on? Moving on, moving on. So check this out. A uh, new report, uh, the U S trucking industry at the uh, center of the nation's struggle to move freight efficiently is caught in its own constricted supply chain. Meaning, and really, just to give you the gist of it, it's, it's, it's a shortage on trucks. And we've all known this for the last year. Right now, everybody's been waiting for trucks, waiting for trucks. And trucks are starting to come in. Mm-hmm. And, but on top of that, parts, sensors, all that stuff, they're also struggling to get parts to get their trucks fixed, the ones that they do have. So here's the quagmire that I seen. I, I was talking to a company this week. They have uh, like 55 or 60 trucks, and they got three trucks in. Finally, they were like real happy. Yeah, we got. He said, "Yeah, we finally got three trucks in, brand new 23s Freightliners." Right? He said, "But the problem is we had uh, three that are in the shop that need parts, and we don't know when they're going to be fixed. So we had to give those three new ones to the guys that were already here, so they couldn't grow." Hmm. So, so it's right now trucking companies are going to, the, especially your smaller ones are struggling to grow because as they're getting trucks in, they're using those trucks to probably get other ones fixed mm-hmm. that are needing stuff. So they're giving them to drivers they already have. And it's hard to just go ahead and look for new drivers to grow your company when you can't fix the ones you already have. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I mean, sometimes you're you're taking from your older fleet to take the parts. Like you get one truck, and you're like, okay, this is just the, this is a part truck. We can't. We're not going to do anything else with it other Very than true. pull parts off of it. Yeah. And a lot of companies were doing that, and some of them because they're trading out and getting their newer stock in, they already got rid of their older truck, waiting for their newer ones. And the, what they could have used as a part truck, they had already sold. So they weren't able to use that anymore. So some, now they, now they have to find a way to get more parts. I know the bigger fleets were definitely, obviously they can keep it going easier because they have a set of trucks that they can 
you mm-hmm. know, deemed for parts trucks, like you just said. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, a struggle. The everybody, from what I'm hearing, 2023 is really Lord willing where uh, the industry's thinking we're going to get back to what we would call normality. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're not hearing much of COVID anymore. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's was the big cause, you know, for the last couple of years. Um, the, the, the world, you know, in large was held up to where plants were just shut down and production was backed up. And, and it, it's amazing. We never realized, and I, and everybody I talked to is saying, I've never seen anything like this ever because the supply chain, when you, when you halt the supply chain, it, well, the results are what you're seeing. It's a mess right now. And, uh, hopefully as production picks up and it, and I'll tell you something else, new trucks, um, the dealer my, or not the dealer, but this one of the other trucking company that I know in Chicago, he had ordered, he had, uh, paid 145,000, uh, uh, over a year ago for a 21 or a 20 brand new Kenworth that he got in. Okay. He had gotten a couple in, they were like 145. And it came with the extended warranty and all that stuff. This is brand new from Kenworth. Mm-hmm. Well, he, I was talking to him also this week, and he said he, he's got a brand new 23 coming, and the cost on that is 189000 40000 more. Well, 40, yeah, 40000 40-plus 40 thousand more for, for in just a year's time, all because of the supply chain. And I'm being told, I'm literally being told by companies, that have trucks on order from dealers that the dealers are calling these trucking companies and they're saying, listen, your, your price has gone up. And this was an agreed price where they had already, you know, agreed to this is say 145, $150,000, $160,000 for a truck, right? They're getting phone calls saying the cost has gone up. Like, I don't know. I forget what the percent was, but just figure another 30 grand or whatever the case on top of what they had already agreed to. This is a guy that this is a trucking company that already ordered trucks and months later they're being told prices going up and and then they're told, and if you don't want it, I've got a thousand other companies in line for it. So they're, they're kind of being forced and squeezed it's it's basically bamboozled bamboozled you said that word the other day and it they are being bamboozled and gouged they're mm-hmm. being just price gouged and I, my i was i was thinking i wonder when you sign a uh uh the a uh, buyer's agreement for a new truck at these dealers is in the fine line you know how like some things that say price is subject to change yeah i wonder i bet you that's in there and it's almost like there's probably no cause to be able to even sue these these dealers for the price gouging. We have um, a person that we met, and um, on Facebook, she was she's going through the process of having a house built, and um, they've already got like the foundation. They already got like you know the base set, you know like the little the bottom set, and they got some of it framed out. Right, and she goes. They just told us that our price increased by like fifty thousand. I've heard that actually. And in the she's like, too. she's like, I've already agreed on this price, so we are looking at another house now that's already built instead of building one because of you know the cost of the building. 
and you know, different people were saying, Hey, can they do that? And they said, yeah, they can do it because, but there's a clause in the contract that says that they can get out at any time if the prices increase or something to that effect. So I don't know exactly what the clause stayed said, you know, word for word, but that was the gist of it is they had the right to get out of their contract their building contract because the price increased beyond what they were able to accept. And, and that's exactly what's going on in trucking. That's what's going on in the building industry. And I almost think that there's got to be some kind of repercussion. There's got to be some kind of an answer to that um, as far as protection. Uh, I mean, that price increase is just a little bit out there, I think. What, what were you going to say? It it was not something that I should have said, so that's why I kept my mouth shut. Okay, you had a grin on your face? Yeah. A poop-eating grin? <laughs> All right. So, so, anyways. I think that um, what's going to happen is our society is going to get so overwhelmed and so fed up with stuff that the people that like to go flighty and buy a lot of crap is going to realize, I'm just going to stop doing it. And eventually the prices will come back to normality but until they get every penny they can squeeze out of whoever they want and people that are willing to accept it, they're going to keep doing it. Well, I think that prices are starting to come down, even on trucks. Um, I will say this, with the price of fuel being so high and the rates have gone down on the spot market, the the profit margin is a lot trimmer, okay? And that's already scaring a lot of people into not wanting trucks. There's a, in fact, I've, I've gotten reports that a lot, of, a lot of drivers that are doing lease purchase are running to company. They're running a lot of, I've talked to some companies this past week where uh, the one safety director was telling me that I, 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 I've signed up, like, I don't know what percent of his fleet that wanted to flip from lease to company side and go like a 1099 or something like that because they're afraid of the cost of fuel and the rates, and they're just not making it like they were um, even a month or two ago. So mm-hmm. I would tell you, with all that being said, that should, when when people stop buying things, like, for example, fuel, when when the COVID hit and, and nobody was driving, fuel was dirt cheap. Why? Because they had to sell the damn fuel. Mm-hmm. Okay. You had to, their gas and diesel. It was, it was low for the simple reason that there was no, there was no other way to sell it, but you had to offer it cheap. So people w- would drive, you know, the same with tra- tractor trailers. So I'm, I'm wondering though, why is, what, what? Sorry. No, I was just going to say with tractor trailers, it's the same way. If nobody's buying them, the price will come down. Mm-hmm. And right now people are getting scared. You know, companies want them and it is starting to slow down. But yeah, absolutely. The prices will come down. I believe that. I don't know how low they'll come, like you said, but I believe they will come down. What were you going to say? Why are the gas prices going up? I really don't know. I just know that um, when I was off yesterday, it said four forty nine just for a regular car fuel. So why why exactly is fuel so expensive right now? I don't, I don't understand. I just wasn't paying attention to well, the world. You know, I, you know, we don't get political on this show, this show. I'm not going to do that, but I would tell you that the Keystone pipeline first off was cut off. Um, and that made fuel go up right away. It just started the trend to go up. Um, the, the war in Ukraine, uh, there's problems with Russia that just all, all, every little thing can, can affect 
the price. You know how like when we have a hurricane in the Gulf, prices go up because of all of a sudden there's no supply coming in and 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 just little things like that. And it's just been a mess. And I got to tell you, honestly, um, somehow, some way. Um, our leaders have to get a grip on the fuel because it's, I seen a meme today. Uh, uh, it said, um, when truck drivers can't afford fuel, nobody eats. It's true. Exactly. So when, when trucks can't afford to move, um, it's going to be hard to get, you know, keep, keep the supply chain of food and everything going. So they could actually be on a trend to, you know, knocking companies out of business, even if, if, if you keep taking away the profit of the trucking company, eventually the only thing they can do is go out of business. And then the more it goes, goes out of business, you know, the, the less things get delivered, then I'm going to move on from this subject. What do you think? Moving on, moving on. And I had one last thing that I wanted to talk about real quick. The a report out of are you ready for this? California. Uh-huh. Um, a report out of California, it blames uh, big rig drivers, trucking or truck drivers rather, for causing more wrecks than their numbers were suggested. It says truckers cause more accidents than previously reported. Now, this is this is this new report that, and I'll read a little bit of it. It says a report uh, from California uh, suggests that truck drivers are responsible for more wrecks on the Coachella Valley roads than their numbers would suggest. So this is where the report came out. It's that Coachella Valley. It says the May 10th report entitled I team big rigs are responsible for more collisions on local roads than the numbers would suggest points to several local crashes involving trucks during the month of April it says the report goes on to argue that trucks account for 16 to 25% of all traffic on I-10 in the Coachella Valley, but that truck drivers were responsible for 41% of the collisions on the freeway. So they're saying the truckers are only make up 16 to 25% of the traffic, but they account for, it looks like almost half of the accidents. And when I say account for it, meaning they're the blame, it's the trucker's fault. That's what this report is saying. I think it's a biased report, and I think that they're not realizing that the cars that are on that highway are pulling out in front of the trucks and causing the accidents. I mean, cutting them off or doing anything stupid that a four wheeler is going to do to make that truck responsible for the accident. And look, over the years, I mean, we've been doing this podcast for seven years, and we've we've run reports and from different different entities, from OIDA to um, uh, the ATA, all these these. uh, and, and in fact, DOT, FMCSA, um, independent reports, they've all pointed, every one of them has pointed to at least 85 to 87% the car's fault every time. Literally, it wasn't just a, a biased trucking report. These are report after report after report after report. Then all of a sudden you get a report coming from California, California. saying <laughs> the truck drivers are more at fault. Well, let me just finish this. It says the report also featured a ride along with a California highway patrol officer, David Torres, who suggests that the newer trucker and speeding are a factor in the crashes. So he's suggesting that, that the, 
the accidents that are happening from truckers are the new the new generation truckers. So you newbies out there listening, you're getting more of the blame than the the uh, experienced truck drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it says uh, it says um, an often cited American Trucking Association report, the ATA. I quoted this a little while ago. Rele- released in 2012, found that the majority of crashes on U.S. highways and U.S. roadways were caused by the car driver, not the truck driver. According to the report, car drivers uh, were assigned a factor of 81% of the crashes versus 27% for truckers. So the the reports that we've heard over the years, Ruthann, has always been 80-plus percent the the car's fault. Not mm-hmm. saying the truckers don't cause accidents. We've seen some bad truckers, but for the most part, truck drivers know they got a job to do. They want to get home to their family, and they're out there and they're watching for things to happen. Yes, every now and then you get one that's bullying people. He's cutting people off. Blah blah blah. I get that, but the mo- more accidents, I still believe, I believe, are caused by cars, Ruthann. I truly believe that. I agree, and I'll tell you why I believe it. You know, I've been with people in their cars driving over the years, and I'll be like, don't you see that thing up ahead there? Mm-hmm. You s- start slowing down. Don't you see the brake lights? They're like, oh, okay. Well, see, truckers are taught to be watching, you, you know, watching your mirrors all the time. I watch people drive if I'm in their car, and they're, they're not looking in their mirrors and watching around them. They're they're just having a good old time driving their vehicle. Mm-hmm. They're, they Most car drivers don't see much past the hood. Mm-hmm. It's the, Why do you think? I'm going to tell you something. You watch a car passing somebody on the highway the majority of them get right up to your ass and then they go around the, the vehicle okay the, and and a trucker he's he's looking a quarter mile ahead he knows he's gaining on somebody he puts his turn signal and he's coming out already mm-hmm. he's already if somebody's coming on to the interstate on the get off on the get on ramp right a trucker's trying to get over so he can let the other guy the, the other guy in a trucker will try to move over when he sees a broke down car on the side of the road or somebody walking or a bicycle you don't see that with a lot of cars you don't. So that leads me to believe they don't see much of their environment when they're driving down the road. What they see is what they want to see. A truck driver is trained. Therefore, therefore, I would almost guarantee, I, in fact, I do guarantee that the majority of accidents come from the four-wheeler because they're not properly trained. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, they only are concerned with their little bubble. They're concerned with their bubble. And on that note, Miss Ruthann, that is my podcast for the week. Do you have the word of the day? I do. I have an interesting fact and a word. Okay. What's the fact? The fact, and this is this is only so that you can... Is it trucking related? No. Okay. But, but it's still an interesting it's, fact. It's interesting. And what it will be is some nice conversation that a driver can just throw out there in case you want... Around the water cooler? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just so love seats... Love seats. Yes, those those cute little half couches yeah, that the everybody little, the mini couches. Yeah. They aren't designed for people just to sit on as like little couples getting snuggly. No. no. What, what are they designed for? In the eighteenth century, furniture designers actually created the love seat for women that wore those big, huge, poofy dresses to serious? sit down. Are you serious? One hundred percent. So the love seat was really invented for big poofy dresses? Yes. So, you know, when you see these ladies and they're wearing the layered, like the big, huge dresses, that's why. Because, see, the regular common woman 
didn't have that. She only had about four dresses and they were like work dresses. The high society ladies had the big, huge layered petticoats and the big hoop underneath and they couldn't just sit down. So they had to have a love seat for them to sit down properly. I'll be honest with you. I think they are so goofy looking when I look at them old movies and those dresses. I mean, you can't even, it's like a gigantic umbrella around them or something. Mm-hmm. I'm, if you ever bring one home, um, hmm. now I'm not going to say it on the show. Don't bring one home. A poofy dress. Hmm. But see, when you say poofy dress, you're not talking about it's like a regular poofy dress. You're talking about one of those 1920 ballroom, you know, dresses that look like it's actually from the 1800s. But that's it, oh, 1800s. It looks like you could mm-hmm. you could camp under it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, you probably could. Those lay are called. They're, they're actually, it's called uh, panniers. Panniers. Mm-hmm. So that's the hooped undergarments that are underneath the dress. It's called panniers. So what happened was, is like you see. Um, these ladies, and they usually had the big, big wigs on the white wigs, you know, like the, the high, they wore those dresses with the ruffles and stuff. Those ladies, because they had money, the furniture designers thought, I'm going to make this, the seat bigger than their normal seat so that they could sit down and I'm going to make lots of money on these ladies. And that's what happened. And apparently it's stuck because we still have the big poofy couch. The love seats. The love seats. Right. All right. All right. Word of the day. Word of the day. Brought to you by Word Genius. Word Genius will make you smarter. It made Ruth Ann smarter. Hey, you know, it goes that way. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Boswell. Boswell? Yeah. Boswell? Yeah. What's that? What was the guy's name on Charlie's Angels? I, I want to say it was Boswell. <laughs> Something like Boswell. So B-O-S-W-E-L-L? Yes. Oh, wow. So, you know, when I was looking at it and it came across my, my email and it said Boswell, I'm like, huh, isn't that exactly what you said? Isn't that the name of the guy on, you know, like the box? You know, we didn't have the, you know, we didn't hear the 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 faces. Or we only heard the voice out the box. That's what I thought of is it's the box. So what does it mean? It's not the guy's name? Because I thought it was the guy's name. It's not. Well, what is a Boswell? A Boswell is a person who accompanies another and records their life. It's an assistant. Wow. So a Boswell. Yeah. The CEO wanted to hire a Boswell to become her assistant in writing a memoir. You're like my little Boswell. Yes. Yes, I am. Aw. Ruthann. Just call me boss. (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> I'm amusing myself. Sorry. All right. Listen. listen. I'm boss. <laughs> All right. Ruthann. Peace. We're out of here. Peace. Praise the Lord. <laughs>